0: Hey, Life Group hosts and leaders, I'm Pastor Roy, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's Life Group Leaders podcast. This week, we begin a new sermon-based study called See Like Jesus. I'm really excited about this series as we walk through the life of Jesus as we read through the Gospels. In addition to hearing an inspired sermon each week, we will also have a Bible reading plan. Be sure to get your reading plan, which will be in the form of a different bookmark each week. They will be distributed at each of our services on Sunday. This week, we start the reading plan that will take us from the beginning of the Gospels through the birth narratives and end with the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Before we move on to the study guide for this week, In light of the fact that there has been a confirmed case of coronavirus in New Jersey, I wanted to share with you some thoughts concerning the coronavirus outbreak. As I'm sure you are all aware, there has been widespread fear and panic over this virus around the world. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, as believers, we need to put our trust in the Lord and not allow ourselves to succumb to the fear and panic we see around us. But in Proverbs 2.11, God's Word also says, Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. So, although we should not fear or panic, We need to be wise and take precautions such as washing our hands thoroughly several times a day or staying home when we're not feeling well. As a group leader, you may want to speak to your group about this and encourage them to follow these precautions. If you as the leader are not feeling well, either cancel your group meeting, meet via Skype or some other online vehicle. Or see if the group can meet at one of the other members' homes with someone else taking the lead that night. Encourage your group members to stay home and not come to group if they are not feeling well. We should all be praying for God's protection and for Him to eradicate this virus. So let's move on to this week's study guide. As you look at the study guide, you may notice that it is not strictly based on the sermon. Because we want to encourage everyone to follow the reading plan, the guide also focuses on the scripture being read throughout the week. We begin with an icebreaker question. This week's icebreaker is, which of Jesus' parables is your favorite, and why is it your favorite? Spend a few minutes allowing those in your group to share their favorite parable and briefly explain why it's their favorite. You'll notice a couple of changes in the other sections of the study guide. Following the icebreaker, the guide begins, as usual, with the reflecting on the sermon section. This is where we will focus on the sermon. Pastor Chris will be preaching from two particular passages this week, one in John chapter 4 and the other in John chapter 1. So, as you begin your group discussion, start by asking as you reflect on this week's sermon by Pastor Chris, what stood out to you? What surprised or challenged you? It has been my experience that these questions very often generate some great discussion. Spend as much time as needed here if the discussion is really going well, and you sense that the Holy Spirit wants you to stay there for a bit. The next set of questions in this section are based on the scripture used in the sermon. Before asking the questions, have two people in the group, I always suggest the quieter ones, read John chapter 4 verses 27 to 35 and John chapter 1 verses 43 to 51. As we look at these passages, we learn that Jesus sees what his disciples don't. The first question here asks, What does he see in the passage from John 4? While traveling through Samaria, Jesus stopped at a well to rest while his disciples went to a nearby village to buy some food. While at the well, Jesus met a Samaritan woman and has had what becomes a life-changing encounter with her. When the disciples return, they don't ask why he's speaking to this woman. Instead, after the woman leaves, they, ask, they urge Jesus to eat something. He points out that his nourishment comes from doing the will of God. And then he says to them, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus was referring to the harvest of souls, a harvest that included people like the Samaritan woman that he had just spent time with. This is what Jesus saw, and the disciples did not. The next part of this question is, what did Jesus see in the passage from John 1? Here we see Philip bringing Nathanael to Jesus. As the two men approach him, referring to Nathanael, Jesus says, Now, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Nathanael asks Jesus how he knew about him, and Jesus replies, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. As a result of this exchange, Nathanael exclaims that Jesus is the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus saw Nathanael. He saw him under the fig tree, but more importantly, he saw the person that Nathanael was. He saw his character. Jesus then tells Nathanael and the other disciples that they will see even greater things than this. The next question asks, why do you think that the disciples don't see what Jesus does? We can't truly know the answer to this question, but there are probably a number of potential reasons. I think one could be that while they were following the Son of God, they were still looking at everything through the eyes of the world. They believed he was the Messiah, but like most of the Israelites, they were looking at the Messiah as a leader who would free them from Roman rule. So when Jesus talked of a harvest... They could not see what he was looking at, that what he was looking at is souls that need salvation. The final question in this group of questions is how can we see like Jesus? To me, I think the best way to see like Jesus is to learn about him through the scriptures, love people the way he loves them, work at always being true to his word, and pray for his vision. When we do these things, our eyes will be open to see what Jesus sees. The final sermon-based question says, When we look at Jesus' disciples, we can see that you can follow Jesus and yet not always see like Jesus. How has this been true in your life? This is a question for personal reflection. As people share, encourage them and thank them for sharing. For me, I've seen this to be true as I've stepped into ministry. I felt the call to ministry a few years ago, and when I said yes to God, I saw doors open up. But most importantly, I saw the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me, as He gave me the ability to do the work God had for me, and as He gave me insights into His Word that I had not had before. The next section of the guide is one of the changes to the weekly study guide. Since we are following a Bible reading plan in this series, we have added a section called Reflecting on the Reading Plan. The purpose of this section is twofold. First, it's designed to encourage everyone to follow the reading plan. Second, It's designed to get them to think and reflect on what they are reading and how the Holy Spirit is speaking to them through the readings. There are two questions. As you reflect on the readings for this week, what stood out to you in what you've read? And was there anything in what you read that spoke to you in a way it never did before? Now, For groups that meet early in the week, and especially for those that meet on Sundays, this might not generate much discussion, as the reading done will be limited. For Sunday groups, I would suggest encouraging your group to read at least the day one readings before the meeting, if possible. But if no one has had the opportunity to do so, you can skip this section. For groups on other days, at least some of the readings should have been done, so you would be able to spend at least a bit of time on these questions. The final section represents another change in the guide. In past guides, we had a section called Digging Deeper. For this series, we have renamed that section Walking Through the Gospels. It doesn't focus on the sermon, but rather it takes some of the passages that will be read during the week and frames questions around them. There are three sets of questions here. For the first set of questions, start by having two people read Luke chapter one verses twenty six to thirty five, and Matthew chapter one verses eighteen to twenty five. In John chapter fourteen verse fifteen, we see that Jesus says, "If you love me." obey my commandments. Jesus' words point to the fact that obedience is important to God. Jesus himself modeled obedience to the Father in Matthew 4.15 when he said in response to John the Baptist's reluctance to baptize him, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. He also modeled it in the Garden of Gethsemane when Referring to the trial of crucifixion he was facing, he said, not my will, but yours be done. The first two questions, referring to the passages about Mary and Joseph, asks, how did the stories in the passages you just read illustrate obedience, and why do you think obedience is so important to God? The fall of man was rooted in disobedience, and I believe that God was grieved by that disobedience. But God gives us free will, and we can choose whether or not we want to obey him. But when we choose to obey him by living according to his commands or by willingly obeying his will for our lives, we are demonstrating not just obedience, but love. Obedience is a form of worship. So when Mary and Joseph, despite their own fears and despite the fact that what God was asking them to do was not what they envisioned for their lives, they willingly obeyed God. They were showing him that they loved and worshipped him. Obedience is important because God loves us and because he wants only what is best for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us exactly that. The last question here asks, how can we demonstrate our obedience to God? There are many ways we can do this, but I think of the two greatest commandments that Jesus pointed us to. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. For the second set of questions in this section, have someone read Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13 which is Luke's account of the temptation of Jesus. The story of Jesus' temptation by Satan in the wilderness provides the believer with some important truths on handling temptation in his or her own life. There are two questions here. What are the truths that we are taught about dealing with temptation in this story, and how can we apply them in in our lives? I see three truths being taught in this story. One is the importance and power of prayer and fasting. The second is the importance of having God's Word in our hearts. And the third is the importance of Holy Spirit power in the life of a believer. Jesus demonstrated all of these truths in this story. Through the power of prayer and fasting and through having the Word of God in his heart, he was able to stand against not one but 3 temptations. And because he prayed, because he fasted, because he stood on God's word in the midst of temptation, when Jesus left the wilderness, Luke 4:14 tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. For the third and last set of questions, have someone read Luke chapter 4 verses 14 to 15. As I just mentioned, in verse 14, we see that when Jesus left the wilderness, following his temptation by Satan, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and began his ministry in earnest. Jesus was God, but he was also human, and in his human form, he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission on earth. The first question here says, Jesus has given us a mission to make disciples of all people in all nations. To do so, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do you think that is true? We need the power of the Spirit because it is that power that gives us the ability, the boldness, the encouragement, and the words that we need to share the gospel with others as we seek to do our part in making disciples of all people. To end the discussion on the need for the power of the Holy Spirit, the final question says, Share with the group a time when you felt the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Allow time for those who are willing to share on this to do so. Encourage them as they do. Well, that's it for this week's guide, and that brings us to the end of this podcast. Let's pray. Father God, As we begin to walk through the life of your son, Jesus, give us fresh insights. Help us to see things that we've never seen before. Help us to see the things that you want us to see. And help us to see like Jesus sees. Lord, I ask that you bless all of these leaders as they lead their groups this week. I pray for their groups and for their families that in these days when we are seeing so much fear and panic over the coronavirus, you will give them your peace and your wisdom. Protect them and keep them all healthy and safe. I ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you as you lead. Have a great time.